Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Just Derek. <laughs> Just Derek. So we don't got the other guy this time. We don't got the other guy. (laughs) We're just having a short discussion about the 93rd Oscars, which aired this past Sunday. So last year, you and Amir did the Oscars episode without Mm -hmm. me. Now this year, we're doing the episode without him. Look forward to me missing next year. (laughs) Next year. So the 93rd Oscars. What a a disaster. You know, actually, this started off pretty good actually i was kind of vibing with the pared down structure of this new ceremony you know with like covid and just not that many movies out you know it was very very streamlined ceremony which i kind of liked i want to see the clips which they cut out this year uh, of the movies they had a few clips but not that many yeah i kind of like the no host thing which was kind of a repeat from last year actually two years now isn't it no i think I think this is the third year without a host. Yeah. So some of the other changes I think just alluding to is that tradition is clips of all the movies that are being nominated, especially for Best Picture, to be kind of strewn throughout the presentation. You don't really get that as much. You didn't have any performances, right? No music performances uh, from the best songs. You know, that that was kind of shuffled to the pre-show this year. That's right. But the funny thing is, you say it's streamlined, but yet it's still over three hours long. It is, right? It, it still went all the way until like midnight, so. I mean, it's it's kind of been known that they basically said there was going to be really no playoff music this year. They were going to allow the winners to kind of speak. Not as long as they want, but you definitely felt it, right? A lot of the speeches were a little bit longer this year. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, there was like those moments where like presenters would like talk about the people that are nominated. So like it felt a little bit more personal. Like I actually did like that feel of it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, people kind of relaying like, oh, you know, how, how does this person look at movies or how does this person feel about movies or talking about some moments in their childhood or whatever, you know, like those moments are nice, you know, to get a more personal kind of uh, touch to uh, what these people think or how these people see movies. I, I thought that was nice. Yeah. But I don't know. Being over three hours still is is a little, it's a little hard to, to swallow. It, it, it always is. It doesn't feel quite as bloated. You know, the host coming out after every award and then like, there's like all the, all the bits that they do and then like big opening number. They just didn't have that. Mm-hmm. It just feels lighter and, and more like fleet, you know? Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I think there's definitely shit that they completely fucked up. I mean, should we just start with that? <laughs> Do you want to start with that? I mean, all right. I I mean, mean, I honestly, I don't want to like beat around the bush, right? Like, I think we should just talk about at least what we think is the biggest thing that happened the other night uh, at the Oscars. I mean, this was nothing short of disaster. This was horrible. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people comparing it to like the the Moonlight La La Land fiasco from Mm -hmm. 2017, you know, where Warren Beatty read off the wrong name on the card. He read off La La Land when Moonlight actually won Best Picture. But, like, that was an honest mistake. This was yes. blatant manipulation by the by the producers of the Academy Awards that totally fucked things up. So, like, just to recap what happened, typically your Academy Awards, the Oscars, they end on the biggest award of the night, Best Picture. It's tradition. It's tradition. They've always done it this way. But this year, you know, with the passing of Chadwick Boseman and him being up for best actor for uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and 
I think Nomadland being a shoo-in for Best Picture, you know, like all mm-hmm. the momentum that's picked up over the award season for, for both Chloe Zhao and the movie, they decided, oh, you know what? Nomadland's like a foregone conclusion. So we are predicting that because of all the momentum that Chadwick Boseman got during the preceding awards that he's going to win Best Actor. So let's make the final category that we present Best Actor and we'll pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman by giving him the award. So now, I didn't know this beforehand, but like now it's blatantly obvious that the producers have no idea who wins the categories and who the voters, the Academy voters vote for because Chadwick Boseman did not win Best Actor. It instead went to Anthony Hopkins for The Father, but he's 83 years old and he's in England, so he's not coming to accept the award. So we just ended with Joaquin Phoenix accepting the award for Anthony Hopkins and then the whole award ceremony just fizzled out it felt real bad and it looked real bad i cringed so hard when this happened it was so bad in the moment i was like texting a friend because we were both watching at the same time and you know like 20 minutes left of the show i was like wait they're doing best picture i had to do a double take i had to be like wait did we not get best actress and best actor yet Uh uh-huh and you know i looked up the awards i was like oh yeah we haven't actually gotten those yet and then i was like why are they doing this and then it clicked i was like oh you know what it's probably because bozeman's gonna win and you know that's a great way to send off the show like if it's a foregone conclusion right a lot of people like predicting the oscars and all that thought was like yeah this is this is gonna be a genius move like i thought it was gonna be a genius move and it turned out to be the biggest gamble they ever took and they they lost everything right to the house yeah when this fell because now it looks like the stupidest thing they could have ever done right what jeff says is true right i mean before the 2000 i think was the 17 with the la la land and the moonlight fiasco there was only two people two people that know from you know price waterhouse who won the oscars right and they're the ones that are supposed to be handing out the cards and stuff and that's what the problem was back then right they just accidentally handed out the wrong card After that, I believe it changed to three people know, right? And the third person is actually supposed to be in the room with the producers, like helping to direct the show because they know if it's a screw up or not. But now like this is shining a new light, a different light, I think, where I think moving forward, maybe just maybe at least one of the producers should know who went. Oh, for sure. Because if they knew ahead of time, this would have never happened, right? No. Even if they learned like the day before, it's like, all right, we got to reshuffle. Let's let's just put Best Picture last, especially because they knew ahead of time Anthony Hopkins was not going to speak, right? Because in order mm-hmm. for you to speak or accept your award, you had to be at the Oscars or at a sanctioned site, right? That's where all those other people were that were accepting internationally, right? They're at a, a place that was chosen by the Oscars for them to go so that they can accept, right? They didn't send like some kind of camera crew to, you know, Anthony Hopkins' house or anything. Just in case, you know, they weren't going to send it to all the people that didn't show up that day, right? Just in case right. they, they were going to get an award. Because, they, of course, Anthony Hopkins can't know ahead of time that he's going to win. Right. So, I don't know if this is big enough where, like, moving forward, they're going to make sure, like, at least maybe one of the producers should know who wins. Because it was just a disaster. Like, you, you can't have a show end on someone saying, oh, I will accept on their behalf. And, like, 
straight to credits. There was no like person saying like, thank you. And thank you to everyone who did the show. You know, like typically you have a host that like thanks everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Just wrapping up. It just abruptly ends. And it was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, And it goes to more than just like a colossal screw up. It also feels like manipulative and like mm-hmm. commoditizing Chadwick Boseman's death. Yes. Which they already did by putting a stupid fucking NFT in the in the swag bag of, like, Chadwick Boseman's head. Like, why would you fucking do that? That's so stupid. And, like, I feel like it's disrespectful. And then having his whole family there, like, his widows there, all to build up this moment that never happens. Like, that's such a giant gamble. And I can't believe they actually, like, took that risk. Yeah. And obviously it didn't pay off, right? It, it's It's really bad. And, like, what this is doing is, like, partially, you know, Anthony Hopkins, I feel like, is not getting the recognition he deserves, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, everyone's talking about what what is happening, right? Versus, like, you know, full disclosure, I've not seen The Father. Have you? I have, I have. It's it's a great performance. Yeah, like, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve this, right? Yeah, he totally deserves it. You know, I was talking to my friend. He's all like, "Well, maybe it's you're upset because you know you thought that Bozeman should have won." It's like, no, I don't. I don't know if Bozeman should have won. I don't think Bozeman should have won necessarily. Uh, that's like a whole other discussion of like who should win Oscars and who shouldn't. But what we were talking about was like if they didn't shuffle and this happened early in the show, I, I bet you no one would have a problem with it, right? In the sense that like, yes, maybe it's a snuff. Maybe some people would be like, "Oh man, I thought." Bozeman should have won but like that's not the story now the story is that they screwed up the end of the show and like now like this year is, is synonymous with this this big screw up and it feels like a snuff for Bozeman and then less people are talking about Hopkins and then like I've heard other people like less people are talking about Chloe's out right yeah that should be the big story of this Oscars and it isn't this dominated the entire conversation yeah people talking about this fuck up and like that's really kind of doing a disservice to probably all the winners of this this ceremony, right? And like any pundit or critic, they would be happy with either victory. Like I can see people being like a little upset that, you know, like Chadwick Boseman, he's passed away and like this would have been the perfect send-off. But like posthumous Oscars have never had the greatest track record either. And, you know, Anthony Hopkins is 83 and this is a second career best performance from him you know he won earlier for silence of the lambs and now this is his second oscar and like he's in the twilight of his career so like and this was a very very good performance so i mean he he totally deserves it but now the conversation is just about this fuck up and it's not even about chadwick boseman it's not about anthony hopkins it's about how the academy took this risk and, and messed it all up and oh what a, this is so rough i cannot believe that this happened this was so bad if they knew like just bend the rules. Like, have Hawkins like, sign an NDA or something and just have him pre-record something. Like, break the rules for once or something, right? Well, it was messed up because, like, he he wanted to Zoom call in. And that yeah, and they wouldn't, wouldn't allow him that. to, right? They wouldn't allow him to. But he's, like, he's 83. He's, like, at risk for COVID. Making him travel to one of those designated sites is just not feasible or considerate. I mean, not to pile on more <laughs> negative stuff is there, what were some of the things that didn't work before we get to the stuff that i think does work in the show right there's some of the th- things that we do like i mean was there anything else that didn't really like work for you the in memoriam sucked it was so bad 
they rushed through all of the names. Or it was like weirdly paced where it was like some were like really, really fast and then some were like given a yeah, little Yeah, it was really time. odd. It was like this really odd pacing and it was just like, what is going on? I liked the bit with the whole like, um, uh, was it music trivia? Yeah. But, okay, so full disclosure is that, you know, on the night of the Oscars, I was not able to watch the whole thing through, right? So what I did was the next day I just went back and watched stuff that I missed. But I did get to see that music trivia the night of, and I was like, oh, this is a funny bit. I I, I can't wait to go back and watch some of the other bits that I miss to find out that there were no other There were no other bits. Like, it was literally the only bit, and it's like, it was a funny bit, but it's kind of like, have bits or just don't have bits, right? Don't just have, like, one weird one that, like, sticks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, again, it was funny. I mean, it's come out now that it was all planned, right? Like, I don't think the Andrew Day part was planned or the uh, Daniel Kaluuya part was planned, but it has come out that, you know, the Glenn Close part was planned and it was funny. Yeah. But I, you could de- definitely clearly tell that it was a little staged and it was just strange. And, and then we're talking about, like, a three and a half hour show. That was a good five, ten minutes. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not going to have a bunch of skits... Just don't have any. It's fine, you know? I don't know. Maybe that's what people come to the show for, though. To see funny things that celebrities do. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I'm never, like, a big fan of bits. The year where Jimmy Kimmel took all the actors to the theater was kind of cool. But that added, like, half an hour to the runtime of the show. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, it's just unnecessary, I think. Yeah. I mean, do you want to get into some of the stuff that we liked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's quite a bunch of stuff that I like. I mean, the... Don't get me wrong, this ending was made it probably one of the worst Oscars ever, maybe, just because of how badly thought out this was. But I'm just really happy that, like, you know, like, this whole year, 2020, was riddled with the pandemic, and then there were, like, no real big studio releases out, right? Not not that many. It's just nice to see a diverse group of brilliant, smaller indie films that swept these awards right like yeah i don't think there's ever been a year where like this where i'm pretty much happy with all the nominees like i i like all the films that were nominated yeah i'm rooting for a lot of these films which usually doesn't happen two exceptions here are the trial of the chicago seven and and the hillbilly elegy but like most of the the nominees i i really enjoyed and like i'm not rooting against any of them so i was happy with a lot of these wins I mean, even Glenn Close, I know a lot of people were like, I've heard a lot of people like, oh, and she definitely deserves to win, but like, not for Hillbilly Elegy, right? But like, at the same time, like, she is a great actress. Like, if she won for this, I wouldn't have been upset, right? Like, it's it's like one of those situations where like, and you know what happens, where like, people are kind of given awards because they deserve it, right? To that point, yes, I, I think I could have been happy with, you know, kind of whoever won throughout the night. But I am happy for the people that did win, right? Uh, we mentioned earlier, like, Chloe Zhao. I mean, I looked this up. Only the fifth woman to ever be nominated for Best Director. Second only woman the second. To ever win. And then the first that is a woman of color to ever be nominated and or win. Like, that's just crazy stats. Like, that is huge for her. That's huge for representation. That's, you know what I mean? Like, and again, we talking about earlier, like, it just sucks that it's kind of like some of that spotlight is taken away a little bit. But we're here to celebrate. I'm definitely here to celebrate that. That that reminds me of like this Chris Rock bit where like he's talking about Barack Obama being the first black president. 
And it's like, oh, we're good. This is like, this is like huge stride for equality. And he's like, well, real equality would be like if there were, in this case, for the movies, like ninety-two women or non-white males in a row winning, right? That <laughs> yeah. would be true parody. That right? would be the but balance. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of Glenn Close, I, I saw a funny tweet about after Hopkins won and, and Frances McDormand won. It's like, well, I guess Glenn Close knows the one thing she needs to do to win an Oscar, and that's to be in a Transformers movie. Because <laughs> both of them have been in Transformers right, movies. Right, and I was right. like, and I totally forgot that Frances McDormand's been in a Transformers movie. I totally forgot to. I I didn't realize just until just now. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was super hilarious. We talked about Minari, like Minari, and then Yu Jun Yun winning for, for supporting actress. I thought it was great. And her speech was hilarious when she's like, "Hey, Mr. Brad Pitt, where were you?" <laughs> Apparently, it was because of like the stipend for the film, where she had to like pay for her own upgrade for the flight to film the movie or to, to go back. So she's like, where, where was Brad Pitt? Like, where was his, cause he produced the movie with plan yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like, she's like, where, where was your help in like helping me secure that? <laughs> so I didn't have to pay out of pocket. So other people were like, Oh, she's fangirling or whatever. Not, not really. <laughs> she wants to get paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think my favorite speech of the night probably was the Thomas Vinterberg speech. Yeah. For his win for another, another round like i didn't know that he lost a daughter yes right i learned right? that too yeah. and i was just like oh man and like now it like puts the movie in a different perspective for me and yeah like, makes me want to like rewatch sure. it and like if you haven't watched another round it is a great movie it is on hulu so if you want to watch it you should because it is deserving of that best international film yeah honestly i thought it could have been easily nominated for best picture too and i, I was kind of shocked that it wasn't yeah I mean, what what did you think of, like, it wasn't just the best actor and best actress shuffle. There was a lot of category shuffles, right, in this show. Like, what did you think about that? I can't really see through why they did the shuffles, except for the final one that blew up in their faces. I don't know, maybe it's just to keep things fresh. Well, I did like the very first shuffle where they put adapted screenplay and original screenplay first regina king said something to the effect of like the first thing a movie starts as is a script and i was like oh it makes sense that right, right right then the show would kind of start with those right so i thought that was a nice choice but then like there was this weird amount of shuffling of international film was where best director was where do you know what i mean like it, those didn't really make as much sense and i i don't know yeah. why they were shuffled the way they were there is no hard fast dead rule about where categories should be placed but there is we've talked about it there's tradition and this definitely kind of uh messed with tradition yeah what did you think about steven soderbergh being one of the producers of this year's show i don't know was it his fault that everything got <laughs> fucked up i mean he's the biggest name so maybe we don't <laughs> he's known for taking risks he shoots yeah. his movies on iphones and shit so maybe he's like oh let's switch the order you know I mean, who knows? I don't want to place blame yeah. on anyone in, in particular, but... <laughs> yeah. But I, I thought, to use this word, like, cinematically, the show was actually kind of nice. I mean, there was a lot of uh, wide shots. I, I think he he brought something different than just, like, the, you know, pulled away shot that we normally see in, like, this, like, giant auditorium, right? It's like, it was it was kind of nice to, um, to get the, the different kind of feel to this show. A little bit more intimate feel, I think. A seasoned director's touch. You know how typically, like, the best 
actor from last year presents like the best i think like actor for this year there's like this tradition of making like you know past winners kind of help present they should start a tradition where best director has to direct the next oscars oscars oh god (laughs) how how degrading would that be but then how awesome would the show be if we got some like really cool directors like directing an an, uh, award show because it was it was like i said steven soderbergh producing the show it was pretty interesting I, i thought it was a Definitely a different touch than we're normally used to seeing. Better hope Zack Snyder doesn't win Best Director. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going to be in slow-mo. Then it's going to be six hours long. <laughs> We've come a long way from Oscars so white. You know, we got, like, a lot of good representation this year. Chloe Zhao with Nomadland. Recognition for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Obviously, Daniel Kaluuya winning Best Supporting. Which is still very, very weird to me that... Both him and Lakeith Stanfield were were put forward for supporting. I think they they should close that weird loophole somehow. But that's neither here nor there. But I, I'm glad he won. It's just pretty good for representation. And then obviously Minari. But the thing that still bothered me is that the lead acting awards still went to yeah white people. When I think this year you could have seen it could winners. Have been a sweep. Yeah. Because I, I think Viola Davis is very worthy of that, that award, too. Oh, like, for sure. Because I actually thought it was going to go to her. Yeah. But, I mean, of course, you know, Frances McDormand's also really great in that movie. So, it's, like, really hard to tell. But I, I actually thought it was going to go to Viola Davis. So, I was, I was a little surprised. I, th- I did, too. Because I had her on my predictions list for winning. I think Frances McDormand's performance in Nomadland is really, really great. But it's a more subdued performance that is not typical... Academy voter fair, right? And in terms of best actor, you know, it could have gone to Chadwick Boseman. It could have gone to Reza Med, right? For Sound of Metal. Reza Med was my, like, my, my favorite choice. Like, I didn't yeah. think it was going to happen because you know, it really didn't have any precedence, you know? It sounded like it was going to be Boseman with some, some talks because I think Hawkins won the BAFTA. So I think there's some precedent there, but you're right. And other people pointed it out too. Like, yes, you got the supporting, but like, there was a chance. There was a really strong chance for for a sweep this year. One award I was upset about was Best Documentary. Went to the stupid fucking octopus movie. All right. I mean, it's not fair to call it a stupid fucking octopus movie because I didn't even know this thing existed until the Academy Awards. And and we watched it like the, the day after. And it was fine. But there are some great documentaries in that slate. And to give it to my octopus teacher is really, really weird. I mean, it's a beautifully shot documentary, but like you have time in that category. You have collective. They're both such great documentaries and they hit so hard that I thought giving it to my octopus teacher was a little egregious. (laughs) I saw one funny thing about like at no point. The, the people were just like, at no point did they think the actual octopus. Like, you know what I mean? They like, talk about the octopus. They talk a lot about around the octopus. But at no point, like, it was like a perfect opportunity to be like, and we thank the octopus. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was pretty funny. The one surprise to me was actually best song. Like, I have no idea. I mean, not, I don't have any idea. I mean, we watched the movie. But like, I, I thought it was going to go to One Night in Miami or I can't remember the other one. But that that one kind of came out of nowhere with the one from Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, I mean, m- the pick I wanted and the biggest rob of the night for me was I wanted to be Husevik song. So, but <laughs> I did too. I was like, I want a Husevik. It would have been great. That would have been great. 
Um, but overall, like you said, like most of the stuff is deserving. What else? Uh, I wanted Wolfwalkers to win animated over Soul. I thought Soul was just okay. It was fine. Mm. I would like the Academy to slip out of the oh Pixar takes it every year mentality. Pixar and or like like a big animated studio like DreamWorks or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they did. A couple years back with Spider-Verse, but yeah, Wolfwalkers would have been a great win here. And I'm sad I didn't get to see it because Wolfwalkers is better than Soul. Not to say that you're wrong for enjoying Soul. Soul's very, very well crafted and, and it has a lot of fans. So I'm not surprised, but Wolfwalkers is the best animated movie out of that bunch. So, I mean, I am happy to see Emerald Fennell win for Best Original Screenplay. I mean, I know... We have differing opinions on the movie itself, but I mean, I thought still, um, it, it's kind of yeah great to kind of recognize this kind of young, hopefully up and coming you know, screenwriter slash director. Yeah. I want to talk about Netflix's big whiff here. Oh, okay. They spent so much money. They spent like a billion dollars for their awards push during a year where there's like no competition because of, I mean, there's not no competition, but you know, like COVID the the slate is so bare that they could have pushed for the right movies and instead they pushed for Mank and Trial of the Chicago Seven and they they barely took home anything. They still had a lot of the documentary in the in the shorts, right? That was kind of them. I think that's like Netflix, but yeah, I mean it, it's it does seem like they get shut out pretty much year after year on any of the like really big awards. I mean, because we've seen like. Big awards go to like movies that have been produced by Amazon Prime and now Hulu, but you know Netflix usually kind of gets shut out. I'm shocked that Two Distant Strangers won for best live action short. Oh, really? That short was horrible. It was on Netflix. Did you did you watch it? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I have not. I've admittedly, I've not watched any of the shorts, so it's it's hard for me to speak on it. It's like the most exploitative, disgusting garbage I've ever seen. It's so bad. Um, it's like Groundhog's Day. But, like, what if it's a black guy getting shot by a cop? What? Take from that what you will. It, it's certainly a choice that they made to to make that. It's, it's not in good taste. I feel like people find, like, it to be heavy and, like, maybe that's why it's awards worthy. But I, I did not like that one at all. Oh, okay. Last thing I'll say is the uh, biggest award of the night is now I can call Tenet an Oscar-winning movie. Yeah, visual effects. Looking at the list, I mean, I haven't watched a couple of them. I don't know if it's deserving or not. It didn't really stand out for me as, like, that visual effects, like, right? I thought Inception was more visual effects than this. I guess if you're counting stuff that's going backwards, Tenet kind of has some visual effects. You know, I would have liked to see Possessor in this field. Mm. I thought that had some trippy trippy visual effects more than like the one and only ivan at least or i mean love and monsters is like all cgi monsters mulan is just i never expected mulan to win best visual effects so i would have liked to see something cool and like horror related in this field you know yeah i mean usually this this field's kind of like you know you all you're you're always going to get like a big blockbuster like marvel film or something sci-fi or yeah, yeah but we yeah, don't yeah. have that like we didn't really have that this yeah year, we didn't so, get like, that so maybe this was the best year for Tenet to kind of squeeze in there and like take this. I don't know. So like we said, this is a special episode, uh, kind of a bonus episode. We are still going to have a 
regular episode come out. I think it's actually going to be the day after this, if you're listening to it this on the first day it comes out. Uh, and that's going to be on, our, I guess, our last installment of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so yeah, definitely um, look out for that too, coming to our feed pretty pretty close after this one. But uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you, Derek? Uh, you could find me at the wrong day, day spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that is on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. Anything you want to say about the Oscars this year, um, feel free to shoot us a line. And we will see you guys tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this bonus episode, yeah. All right, see you guys then.